0: Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! The hero's journey to seize the reward. What defines a hero? They are integral to the hero's story. Or the shadowy villain. It's incredibly powerful and useful. Hey, everyone. I'm Michael Ratty, aka Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me. Welcome to my channel where I talk about everything musical theatre from a writing perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, and vocal coach, I believe that understanding effective musical theater writing can help all kinds of theater makers create high-quality art and entertainment. Whether you're a writer, performer, designer, director, producer, stagehand, audience member, a professional artist aspiring, or you simply love the theater, my goal is to present you with information that will enhance your theatrical experiences and help to bolster your enjoyment of the theater. Today is the final piece of our three-part discussion on story structure in musical theater. Over the past two episodes, we've discussed structural acts, character journeys, song placement, emotional arc, and pacing. What could possibly be left? I'm so glad you asked. Today we will be discussing a storytelling concept that's been around since, well, forever. It's been an integral part of human societies from all over the world and began long before recorded history. It's been infused not only in the written histories and stories that have survived millennia, but also in the oral traditions of every human culture. And that concept is the hero's journey. Well, I actually remembered to switch my phone into airplane mode today. So let's get the show going. Now, when I sat down to begin writing this episode, my first question was, where do I even begin? Not only has this concept been around forever, but the amount of writing and analysis that exists on this topic is, quite frankly, Staggering. So, for my money and for your time, I'm going to try to narrow these ideas down the best that I can and talk about it through the lens of one of my all-time favorite writing books, The Writer's Journey by Christopher Vogler. This book is written to speak mostly to film writers, but it's incredibly powerful and useful for storytellers in any media. If you'd like to check it out for yourself, there are links in the description below. So, why is the concept of the hero's journey so far-reaching? Well, it's not just about the structure of the journey, but also uh, the definitions of the connected terms and ideas. Let's begin with the obvious question. What defines a hero? At the heart of it, a hero is someone who willingly undertakes some sort of self-sacrifice, whether small or large, to protect their society, people, or land. This would indicate that the hero is the protagonist of the piece and that it is their journey we will be following. Excellent. Now, this idea of the hero, as well as many of the other ideas that come up in conjunction with the hero's journey, are all based upon archetypes. Now, I'm sure we've all studied archetypes at some point, or at least heard the term while discussing Antigone in high school or something. Archetypes are simply common characters and relationships that appear in almost every human society and their stories. Some examples would be the wise old mentor, or the shadowy villain, or the trickster companion. I'm sure my even mentioning these recall such characters as Obi-Wan Kenobi from episode 4, or Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, or Gollum from The Lord of the Rings. the hobbitses. look from us. These archetypal characters appear everywhere once you start looking for them as they are integral to the hero's story. Whew! Okay, we made it through the background info. Y'all doing okay out there? You need anything? Water? Snacks? Well, this is a one-act and there's no intermission, so... Side note, I haven't even mentioned the well known background research of Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell, but if you're interested in learning more about these concepts and how they affect all types of storytelling, then I would begin with Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces and go from there. Okay, back to. Thanks, Michael. All right, y'all. It's time for the stages of the hero's journey. Let's do this. Basically, the hero's journey can be broken down into 12 stages, all of which we will briefly discuss. But also, for our purposes as storytellers for the theater that is indeed musical, I will also be breaking this down into a three-act structure to tie us back into the first episode of the miniseries. And, to make this all a tad easier to grasp as we go along, I'm going to use a classic multimedia story example, The Wizard of Oz. Okay, it's time. The first stage is where we begin the story, the ordinary world. Now, this is the world and the situation in which the hero begins before the story really starts, AKA exposition land. Who is this person? Where are we? And what's the general sitch? Think Dorothy in a black and white farm is singing over the rainbow. So where? Uh, Judy Garland, y'all. Then the hero encounters the call to adventure. This is where they encounter some sort of problem or challenge to overcome or adventure to partake upon, which usually comes in some sort of extrinsic form. This sets up what goal needs to be accomplished and what the stakes would be if they do not do so. A tornado sweeps Dorothy away from Kansas and she wakes up in a strange technicolor world realizing She needs to find a way home. Number three, the refusal of the call. Classically, the hero is quite reluctant to go on the journey that is set before them. (laughs) I can't imagine why. It's going to be easier, right? (laughs) They often have their why me moment here since it's kind of hard to leave the comfort of everything you know. For Dorothy, she's extremely nervous being in this strange land, seemingly alone, and would likely just sit down right where she is and stay there if it weren't for an extra little push. But all of this doubt usually gets wiped away after meeting with the mentor. The wise and usually old mentor sometimes provides key advice or some sort of magical boon, but they cannot go on the adventure with the hero. Enter Glinda the Good in her bubble. She provides Dorothy with information, reassurance, and of course, the ruby slippers. And then the final piece of the first structural act, we have crossing the first threshold. This is where the hero makes the decision to embark upon their task, leave the comfort of the world they know, and set out to achieve their goal on an adventure. Dorothy has been awakened to the dangers of Oz with the Wicked Witch and shown the path to the Emerald City, but it's not until she takes her first steps down the yellow brick road that the adventure truly begins. The bulk of structural act two is made up of the sixth stage, tests allies and enemies, which is exactly how it sounds. The hero faces some minor challenges, makes friends, and encounters the villains. Along the yellow brick road, Dorothy meets the uh, Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Lion, convinces them to join her on a journey, Let's see, fights off some mean trees, finds the wizard, and even encounters the Wicked Witch without Glinda around. We then come to the Approach to the Inmost Cave, where the hero must approach the scariest place in the special world, often the lair of the villain. In The Wizard of Oz, this begins as a journey to the Wicked Witch's castle for her broomstick, but becomes more of a rescue mission after Dorothy is captured and taken away from her friends. Which leads us to the ordeal. Now this is the darkest moment of the story. The moment when all seems lost and fortunes have turned completely against the hero. In many stories, this is a life or death moment. And sometimes the hero even dies or seems to die. Once Dorothy and her companions are all inside the castle, they realize that they're trapped and there's no escape. But then, Tides turn, fortunes change, and the hero faces down their challenge to seize the reward. Which will bring us to the end of Act Two. Dorothy accidentally kills the Wicked Witch, relieving the entire castle and all of Oz of her wrath, and is able to take the broomstick back with her, as, you know, demanded by the wizard. Our third act and the denouement begin with the road back, where the hero must face the consequences of all of their actions within the special world and make the realization that they now have to return home. Dorothy realizes that she cannot stay in a world where she's become a hero to so many, and for all the wrong reasons, because she would then lose everything she's ever known. The hero then faces the resurrection, where they must use what they've learned in the special world to overcome one last obstacle. This is often a second life or death moment, though sometimes it comes about because a guy who calls himself a wizard turns out to be a second-rate fortune teller from Omaha, Nebraska. But nonetheless, even after the wizard somehow leaves her in his balloon. Uh, Dorothy realizes that she had the magic within her all the time, and she creates her own path back home, where, finally, the hero will return with the elixir. This is usually some sort of treasure, gift, or knowledge that helps to right the ordinary world. For Dorothy, she returns with the knowledge that, even though there are great adventures to be had and more to experience in the world, There is no love and joy like that of home. Whew, there it is, my friends, The Hero's Journey. It's a brilliantly specific and yet universal structure for telling any kind of story that somehow works every time. And now that I've broken it down for you, you will see it everywhere. I am so sorry for ruining everything ever. So sorry, kind of. I'll quickly just add that I do recognize that the three-act structure that I laid out here with The Hero's Journey may not exactly match the three-act structure from the first episode of the miniseries. This is mostly because of the placement of intermission in theater. It has to come after that point of no return. And that point can really happen in any one of multiple stages within The Hero's Journey, which gives us more flexibility. So, my lovely and wonderful theatre-making friends, we have now at this point over the past three episodes talked about so many different structural ways to tell a story, all of which are useful and valid. And you don't have to stick to just one, or to one of them perfectly even. These are tools to help you tell stories that you want to tell, as well as enjoy the stories that are being told to you. How you choose to use these tools, or if you choose to use them, is entirely up to your brilliant selves. Alright, fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to hit that like button, and more importantly, leave a comment below. Tell me what you thought of this episode. Was the hero's journey confusing? Did I leave anything out? The theater is a community, and I want this channel to be an extension of that community, so I do want to hear from you. And if you'd like to become a part of our Patreon community with more information and more access, click the link in the description below, knowing that I could not do all that I do without you and your support. The next episode will arrive in two weeks, but in the meantime, you can check out some of my other videos here and here, probably. That's, that's probably where they're gonna appear like right now. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon.